The name Sound the Trumpet comes in from a prophetic word I received. When I got saved, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't taking a journey and wanting to discover God. I was on my pathway, doing the thing that I was doing, and living my life. One day God intersected me and fell on me, and that transformed my life. At that event, uh, a friend who was in the military with me recognized me when I got saved and came up to me and gave me a prophetic word and said, God said, you shall sound the trumpet to the nations. I'll send you to kings and leaders and rulers of nations, and you will sound the trumpet. So my retort to him was, does that mean I'm going to have to learn to play the trumpet? And he says, no, no, you don't understand. That means you're going to be a person that's going to have a voice. And what you're going to do with that voice is you're going to herald the sound. So many people reject the concept of the prophetic or prophecy or prophets today because of some of the teachings that have gone on historically where they've said they've passed away, they don't exist. How are we going to mature the body into being in the nature and stature of Christ unless we function in the God-given gifts that are given through Christ? My whole life begins with prayer and getting to know the Word. And then secondly, to hear from the Lord where I need to go to share His Word, whether it's to the marketplace, whether it's to churches, conferences, organizations, whether it's in a coffee shop. So really I'm directed continually by the Holy Spirit moving me and telling me where to go and what to do. Every day of my life becomes that ability to hear God to know what I need to do specifically that day. Today I understand the prophetic heralds the sound. They make a sound that brings forth the wisdom, revelation, knowledge of God to mankind. Would you all stand to your feet and let's welcome Brother Ron Campbell of Sound the Trumpet Ministry. Was it worth the wait? <laughs> ah, so good morning. It's good to be back. I haven't been here for the last two months, I think it is, maybe a bit longer. But this last two months I've been working. You know, sometimes when God gives you a vision and He calls you to something and He puts something in your heart, uh, you think it's going to happen tomorrow. And there's been so many tomorrows that I've been waiting for for God to release the ability for me to do what he's called me to do this year is the 27th year that i've waited for the plan of god to unfold it takes time and in the process of time what is done god has uh, broken me he's torn me apart he's sanitized me he's vindicated me he's reprimanded me and he's taught me and trained me how to be faithful with the thing that he's put in my heart to do. And so this, what you're seeing here, is a forerunner of an online prophetic school that I've been working on this last two months, building a um, 16-module uh, prophetic path 101 training course. I've written in the process this last two months 10 booklets, um, a workbook plus uh, over 60 videos that are much longer than this and written a bunch of uh, video blogs and a pile of different things so that once people go into the portal and they start learning they have all the information available so that's what I've been doing for the last two months as well as I'm in the process in January starting to build um, another portal which is going to be for the marketplace and it's called mind shift. And what it is is to transform and re renew the minds. You cannot make changes unless you change the way you think. So there's going to be a spiritual point of it, but there's also going to be a secular point. But it's all based on the gospel. So these are the things that God's got in my heart to do. And I've found more and more going to churches and just prophesying and ministering isn't making an impact as it should do. There needs to be a training and a mentoring and equipping and impartation needs to take place. 
and uh, 20 minutes on a Sunday morning isn't enough time to make an impartation. It's a good idea to drop a thought and to encourage people to go and seek it out, but, you know, people are lazy, they don't. So this is just part and parcel of that um, experience, building an experience for people to be able to encounter God. Um, and I realize media is a big thing nowadays, especially to the millennials. And we need, to catch, we need to capture the millennials and bring them into the kingdom because the bottom line is if we don't, we're in dire trouble. Already as a, as a group of nations and people, we're already in trouble. We need to do something about transforming the hearts and minds of the young people because they've been captivated by games and all different kinds of things. There's so much uh, information available out there and 99.9% and of it is garbage. So people base their lives on the untruths that are presented by whosoever because there's, there's no limiting what's out there. So that's just part of what I have in my heart to do. It's been working towards it for so many years. And um, I think the week when we launch, I'll probably we'll talk past that. I'll come down and I'll, I'll give you guys an expose and show you what it looks like. But I'm very excited about what God's doing. I'm very excited about the opportunity to have a deeper impact in people's lives. Not just, not just a glimpse, but a, a real deep impact. So, there you go. So, Father, we just thank you today for the closing of nine, 2019. Today, Father, we just come and lay all our disappointments, all our grief, our heartache, our distresses from this past year, the emotions, the frustrations, the disappointments, disillusionments, the vanity, the pride, the grace, all the things that 2019 existed of, and we prepare ourselves to enter into the 2020, into a place, Father, that you're preparing for us to walk in your dynamic grace. We'll ask you, Lord, that as we proceed through the portal of change, that we will encounter you in a greater way this next year. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, you know, most, most times at this time of the year, people come up with cliches. This is the prophetic cliche for the year. <laughs> the cliche this year is 2020. It's perfect vision. I mean, it's an acronym. It's the, you know, it's, but I'm, I'm gonna, I want to take it a little bit further today. I, I'm tired of just telling people and giving people a word. I want to actually build a pathway so that you can actually engage. I realize with a lot of people, when you give them a word, it's like a whole bunch of syllables in a piece of paper. And how do they go about deciphering it or working out? Most people say, well, I'm going to put it up on the shelf because that's what we've been taught. You know, if you know what it means, put it on the shelf. But Paul tells me that you do a warfare with a word that's gone before you. This concept to put it on the shelf is, is not a kingdom concept. So we believe these concepts that well, one day it's going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen unless you believe it, engage with it, and start walking in it. You know, start walking in your dominion. Start walking, start calling it forth, and start preparing your mind to receive the promise. See, it's very easy to prophesy over people because it's by the Spirit. But then what happens from there? I have met many people say, so, well, I have so many prophetic words, but nothing's come to pass. Well, what did you do with it? Well, I just, you know, it didn't happen in the time frame I thought, so I just put it aside. Oh, okay, so you became disillusioned, and you didn't stay the course. <laughs> it's easy to give up on God. It's easy to allow the circumstances to override what you really believe in God for. It's easy to allow the circumstances of the world to pressurize you into finding your own way, making it work for yourself, trying to do it so that you can help God. You know, because we, we like to help God. You know, I have people come also, oh, I can't wait till God calls me to the ministry. Well, you're already in the ministry if you give your life to Christ. Why are you waiting to be called? You're already there. Concepts, attitudes, ideas prevent us from receiving the promise and then sometimes actually delay the promise beyond when it's due. There's an appointed time in the Lord for things to come forward. And I'm telling you, if you miss the timing, you'll probably wait forever and it may never happen because God orchestrates things together for our good. 
And we don't know what's in God's heart and His mind. The Holy Spirit has to reveal it to us. So as I go and I share this with you today, I want to tell you that 2020 is going to be a year of perfect vision. Not only perfect vision for your eyesight, because when you talk about vision, you talk about two things, two different components. One of them is sight, being able to see. And it's great to be able to see, but what are you looking at? What are you looking for? What are you seeing? If you look at the media today for your solutions to your issues in life, I'm going to tell you, you're looking in the wrong place. Because what you see there can only corrupt your spirit. If you're looking to places outside of God's kingdom for your solutions, your vision is set upon the wrong place. Your mind is going to be programmed to what you look at. Because don't forget, your, your eyes are a gateway. They're a portal. What you open your eyes to comes in, penetrates. Believe me, it does have resonance in you. It does do something in you. So whatever you're watching, whatever you're looking at, that's going to have an impact on you, and that's going to affect the way you think and the way you walk and the way you even communicate. So you have to be careful what you allow to come before your sight. So that's why it's imperative for you to continue to cleanse your eyes. Right? The Bible says, God says, He'll give you eye self. What's eye self? It's the Word. So wash your eyes so you can see clearly. I believe we've been called this year to see very clearly the pathway that God has laid before us. You know, the, 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 you have to understand right now, as a people group, there's so many things going on that it is stressful in the cultures of the world. Never before has the world been in such distress in every facet, in weather, in, in relationships, in warfare, in tribal problems, in economic problems, in spiritual problems, in everything that you can think of is going on right now. There's problems. And if you look to the problems, you're not going to be a person who's going to be carrying the solution because the problem is going to impound you and impact you. Impound you and impact you. Two nice words that you don't want in your life. To be impacted, you need an enema. <laughs> is that okay to say? <laughs> Too late. Uh-oh. Because, no, you, when you become impacted, I mean, it, you can die. So you have to make sure that you are looking at stuff and paying attention to things that are appropriate. And I'm not trying to tell you to limit yourself. I'm trying to tell you, look at the things that are good, upright, righteous, holy. Keep your focus on those things. Listen to those things. Pay attention to those things. Don't pay attention to the negative things. The second part that we get to see about the meaning of uh, perfect sight or vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Now, when you talk to Christians, I, I think this year, didn't we do an imagination series? Imagine. Yeah, but you did it here too. So, when you talk to Christians about imagine, they think vain imaginations. No, I'm not talking about that. It does not enter the heart of man what God has in his mind for them. We need to start imagining what God created us for. Start thinking about that. Start thinking about the way, the direction, where you're going. Start visualizing in your spirit how to do it. I can tell you, 2020 is going to be perfect vision. Not everybody is going to have a perfect vision. Why? Because a lot of people are so impacted in their mind by what's going on in the culture that they won't be able to release themselves from it to be able to imagine. And they'll probably imagine the wrong things. They'll have what I call vain imaginations. Right? I catch myself many a times thinking about things, saying, Jesus, I only won the lottery. Man. I could do so much. But you know what? If you did win a lot, you won't do anything anyway because you'll be focusing on wondering what you're going to do with the money. How are you going to hide it? Not, not pay taxes and all that kind of stuff. Because that's where your mind will go. Because this is your nest egg. Right? So whenever you think of vision, you think of the ability to think about or plan. Listen, here's what I love about the prophetic. When I got my prophetic word that God had called me to be a prophet, I had no clue what that meant because I, I, I wasn't churched, thank God. 
I didn't grow up in the church. As a matter of fact, when I sat in the church, it was weird. Because there was a whole bunch of rules and all these different things that just seemed weird to me. Until the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation that that was men's rules. It wasn't God's rules. And so what happened is I started to plan by hearing from God what my purpose was. I started to plan what I need to do to get myself into the position for God to be able to advance me into the plan that He has for me. There's certain things you as a Christian can do to get yourself ready and to be prepared for the visitation of the Holy Spirit, for the hour that the Word manifests itself. One of the first things you need to believe is receive. I prophesied of a guy one day and I gave him a word. And as I finished the word, he said, well, we'll see. And I came back to him. I said, no, you're not going to ever see this word because you're cynical. And because you're a cynic, that's a contradiction of faith. You'll never see this word come to pass. <laughs> he didn't like me, but I don't care because I like me. But that's the thing. You see, when, you, when you're standing before God and God's speaking a prophetic utterance to you and you have the audacity to be cynical, you can't expect to receive anything then because God hum, is going to humble the proud because cynicism is part of pride. So when you, when you hear the word of the Lord, 2020 is going to be perfect vision. You have to start thinking in your mind, God, what is that? Because it's going to be different for everyone. What does that mean for me? So maybe you should go to writing some notes to yourself about what those things are. Sit down and have a communication session with the Holy Spirit. Let Him share with you some of the things. Because the Holy Spirit knows your heart. He knows what God has for you. He can connect the two of you together. You know, that's the best way. Is when I sit down and plan anything or think about things, I always try and find out what the Holy Spirit has for me and what's in my heart and see how they marry together. And see the timing. So, the first one I want to go to is Habakkuk 2 verse 2. I want to speak to you about vision. You just have to take that there. The Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run with it. The reason why you keep a vision before you is so that you have a blueprint. See, when I get a prophetic word, I, I take the word, I transcribe it, and what I do is I color code it. Because there's some parts of a prophetic word where it's directly from God as a word, and then there's other things that you need to do. Like for instance, God will say, I want to open a door for you because I have a calling on your life and a desire to bless you. Now everybody goes, oh yeah, bless me, bless me, bless me. But they don't realize God's opening a door. Now how, do, how can I partner with God about the door? That's the word of the Lord. So God, you said you can open the door. Help me to know and to see the right timing of the door. Let me know which is the right door. Because I know your word says, right, no one can close the door unless God does and no one can open the door unless the Lord does. So we start working in partnership with the Holy Spirit to prepare ourselves so that we have a, a roadmap and a blueprint to be able to fulfill the vision. So many people end up not having their vision fulfilled is because they've not done the work. And I don't, I'm not saying you need to do work. I'm saying the work of preparing yourself, getting yourself in the mindset, getting yourself ready. Start to dream about the things that God has created for you. Because once you start visualizing, once you start seeing the thing He has for you, it's so much easier to go there because the bottom line is you have an end point. See, when, you, when you're trained as a sniper, they put you out in the bush and everything's camouflaged and they tell you where your target is. And you're looking through camouflage to try and see where your target is. But as you continue to look and you focus on it and you take your time and you just rest and you're in peace and you rest in that prone position, eventually there'll be movement and you'll see what your target is. You'll be able to differentiate. So that's what I'm saying. You need to get into a place of peace so that you can see exactly what God has for you out there. Because you'll see it. And when you see it, you'll recognize it. Because the Holy Spirit will enlighten it to you. He'll reveal it to you. So many people jump off prematurely into things 
that the Holy Spirit is not engaged with them in that time and they're not prepared for it and so they lose the ability to maintain the grace God's got on their lives. Is this making any sense to anybody? Why I'm sharing this, I'm tired of people having disappointments and saying, God, you didn't come through for me because God is faithful. The, 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 the missing link is us. And look, I'm not accusing anyone of pointing fingers there. I'm just saying we need to get ourselves in a place of preparedness and be ready to understand what this vision means. When God wants to give you perfect vision, what does He want to do? He wants to open up opportunities for your imagination, for your spiritual growth of understanding what God's plan for you is. To walk in that dynamic so that you can partner with Him. You know, it's so easy if you think about it. So Habakkuk says you must write it down, make it plain. When I write my stuff down, I color code it. Anything that's in blue, which is the word of the Lord, I pray. I don't pray the results. I pray the word of the Lord, because the word of the Lord makes a way for you. And when you come to agreement with God's word, what happens is you have, we sang about it today, we have dominion and we have authority. Am I right? So the word gives you dominion and authority. So when you come to agreement with God's word that's uttered by His mouth through His Holy Spirit, then you engage with that. It gives you authority to move things. Because he, remember, when Jesus uh, was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came on him, you, you know, this is the Son of God. And so what happens when he went to be tested, what happened? The first thing, what was tested? The fact that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. The fact that he was the solution to the problem. And was tested in three areas. Do something. Turn you know, turn these stones to bread. Show me that you can do it. That's the first test right there. So, because of the way we programmed as people, we are doers. So when the Word of the Lord comes to us, we're going to try and do it in our own strength. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to step out of God's boundary, step out of your measure of authority, so you can do things prematurely, so that in that process you can fail. And then you can accuse God. Isn't that what it's all about? Are you guys okay? What was the second test? Took him up to the temple, said, if you jump off here, you know, the angel will protect you, stop you from stubbing your toe. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a $50 million mortgage. I'm going to build this place. I'm going to do all this. And bang, you fell. And you said, well, what God didn't show up. No, you jumped. And you expected the angel to surrender. Come on, I'm serious. I've had people tell me. The angel of the Lord better come speak to me. Who are you that you think the angel of the Lord is going to come speak to you? If you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, how can you expect the angel of the Lord come speak to you? I've had people tell me that. Well, unless an angel of God wakes me up and tells me, I'm looking, well, stupid is as stupid does. And guess what? You will get an angel. But it'll be the angel of light. It'll be one known as Lucifer. And he can come to you and he can look all glorious. And he knows the word. Hello? <laughs> oh, I've got a visitation from an angel. A couple of years ago, there was these guys that said that they had an angel visit them. I don't know what the name of the angel was. But when I researched the name of the angel, I found that in the Shinto faith, it was the guardian of hell. And these guys going through the chateau, wow, the angel of the Lord told us. Yeah, sorry. You don't need an angel of the Lord to come give you a word. You have the Holy Spirit. And listen, just for free, just for free, Christians, stop putting fleeces out there. Christians, are, they put fleeces out, hoping God's going to water the fleece. We have to live by leading and direction the Holy Spirit. You put a fleece out. I had a lady once say to me, well, I prayed about my husband. The man, next man can knock him knocking on my door is going to be my husband. Well, a little while later, a drunk man came knocking the door asking for money. Now she had a dilemma. Why? Because she bound herself with the words. She put out a fleece. The devil answered her fleece. Now she had a, what do I do? Do I marry him? Heck no. Unless she's stupid. Yeah. See what I'm saying? 
why am I sharing this stuff with you? Because you know what? It's great to say that we have perfect vision, but there's a pathway towards preparing yourself and getting ready the correct manner so you can get ready to have the promise revealed to you. Okay? And you know the third one was, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. And that's what, that's what fame does. That's what fame does. Oh, man, people think I'm great. They love me. And before you know we are, you are in trouble. Because let me tell you, fame will meet you because you're anointed, you have God's grace on you, you walk into a place, doors open, creation, things happen on your behalf, and you think it's you. Oh, look here. Woo, Hollywood, here I come. And right in that midst of that fame, there's a trap. I've been there. I've been there. You just look at a couple of football players. Famous. Not long after they have fame. All kinds of trouble. Am I right? Do you, under, do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you? This may not sound like a prophetic message to you, but what I'm giving you today is gold. This has come out of my journey experiencing how to engage God's Word prophetically. How to move and how to get yourself moved into position to receive God's promise. All right, let's go on. Proverbs 29 verse 18. So we know... Ooh, picture of me again. Can you put that other scripture up there? Proverbs 29 verse 18. Joe, you got some revelation going back there? Get my good side on the camera, okay? Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. So when it speaks about unrestraint, it, they lose self-control. Where there's no vision, people lose self-control. Where there's no vision, people lose self-control. How many people have you seen that are out of control? Because they have no vision. All right, let's move on to the next one because you guys seem like you're very happy. I spoke about imagination and I just have to express and explain it to you. If you go with me to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. And it says, It's written, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. So when I'm talking about, I'm talking about this stuff, the stuff that God has prepared for you that has not yet entered your mind or your vision. Those are the things that I'm encouraging you to start dreaming about, imagining about. Start thinking about those things that you... See, every person has a calling, every person has a purpose, every person has an anointing. But they're all different. To each is given a grace. Every grace is different. So if you understand that your grace is different to somebody else's, you can actually hear from the Lord pertaining to what your purpose is, what your grace is, and God can reveal to you the dynamic pathway that you can go on specifically for your calling to get you into the position where God can release the promise through you. Now just think about it. There's a couple hundred people here maybe. Eh? If every single one of you had a vision, imagination, a dream, got an understanding, revelation from God, what your purpose is, can you imagine the dynamic movement of God that would start in this earth just from this room alone? So what's the problem? Well, the enemy comes against you through social, through social media, through life. And what he does, he corrupts your mind. He corrupts the way you think. He programs you through culture. You drive down the road, all the billboards down there, you see them. They're all there to get into your eyes, to get into your vision, to get behind your reticular activating system and change the way you think about life. That's what it's all about. If you want to change something, you have to change the way you think. And unfortunately, most people who have bad habits, all these different kinds of addictions, have them because they have not taken control over their mind. They've lost restraint. They've not taken control. You, you see, let me tell you. I was talking to a guy one day, and he was addicted to meth. So I said, well, how did this start? He said, well, a friend of mine gave me his pipe to try. I said, so you were stupid enough to do it, right? Yeah, I said, why? Well, I was just in pain. 
So pain made the gateway for you to step outside self-control and give yourself over to this thing. Now you're hooked. Simple. There's always a reason why people lose self-control. It's because they do not have an ongoing vision. They do not have something to aim for. They do not have something to pursue. So they'll pursue what pursues them. Drugs, addiction, opportunity, business, all that kind of stuff. You, can, you know, this last two months that I've been sitting, I've been writing and praying, I've become much clearer on my purpose. Why? Because I've been before the throne, I've been sitting with God, and it's just been flowing. I've been writing. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even a guy that can type. I type with two fingers, pick, 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 pick. <laughs> and I'm doing it. It's like amazing. I've, I'm so stunned at myself. I don't even look at the keyboard. I pick with two fingers. But what it is, it just flows. It comes so quickly. Why? It's because I'm in the right place. I'm self-controlled. I'm not being moved by what's on TV. I'm not being moved by what's been offered food-wise. I'm not being moved by the, all the opportunities out there. I'm focusing on what's here in front of me. Perspective. So imagination is a very good thing, especially if you're pursuing God for Him to allow what He's prepared for you to enter your mind. Can you imagine if you can get into that place that God has prepared for you? The journey is so much easier. You know why? Because He does it. <clears throat> and you just slipstream with Him. All right. The next one is vision. Proverbs seven. You don't have Proverbs? Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <clears throat> Remember I spoke about wisdom? Wisdom is an important thing. Isn't it amazing how three wise men went to visit Jesus? The first thing that came to him was wisdom. They presented him with gifts. All those prophetic gifts have symbolism. The most imperative and powerful thing that you can function is in the wisdom of God. When I consult with businesses, most of the time when I go in, I have no understanding of the business itself. It can be an airline company, it can be uh, oil business. I, I've sat in meetings with oil executives that have degrees in petroleum, engineering, and drilling, and fracking. I know nothing. But in the midst of sitting there with these men, listening to them, I get wisdom from God. I get a thought, which I don't even know what it means because it's a thought from God. It just passes through. And I share it with them. And they say, huh, how do you know that? Uh, well, it just came to me. You see what I'm saying? The wisdom of, from God confounds the world. And you and I are subjects to that wisdom. We can walk in that wisdom. If you have problems in your marriage, you can walk in wisdom. If you have problems in your life, you walk, your business, you walk in wisdom. Start your day right. Get up and seek wisdom. Pursue God first. Oh, lots of guys hit the gym. <laughs> Pumping out. It's good to build up your body. It's good to work your body. Colin was doing it over here. He was doing his 10-minute workout over here. But what I'm saying is, it's great to build your body, but build your spirit. Get wisdom from God. If you're in debt, get wisdom. It's yours. It's your inheritance. Yeah. The fear of the Lord. That's not being afraid of God. That's having reverential respect, honoring Him, worshiping Him. <clears throat> the next one comes, the most favorite one, is set goals. Hmm. Psalms 33.11. Can we do that one? No? Oh, okay. Well, open your Bible, Psalms 33.11, and I'll share it with you quickly. The plans of the Lord stand firm. So if you get wisdom from God, see, a lot of times people tell you, well, what are your goals? Oh, my goals are just to wake up. A man needs to have a goal. You need to have something that you can aim towards. There needs to be a goal-oriented lifestyle. You know? To just live life willy-nilly without a plan. 
I mean, how do you know how successful you are if you live without a plan? Right? God has plans for us. He says, I know the plan I have for you. Plan for a hope and a future. Have you ever thought, God, what's your plan? Can you please tell it to me? Can I share something personal with you? Just with you. Okay, just with this lady. When I came to America, and listen, it was tough, eh? I came from a very successful business back home where I had bukus of money. I had a paid-for house and paid-for five cars cash paid for. I made lots of coin. And I came to America. I was only allowed to bring $10,000 with me. And after the first month, I ran out of money. I didn't know anybody. And God brought a couple into our lives. And they helped us a little bit. And then when they decided they were irritated with us because they couldn't help us anymore, this is what the guy said to me. I think you've missed God on your timing because the provision's not there. I think you need to go home. And I was stunned. This is the brother in Christ that would tell me that I've missed God's timing. And you know what they did? They went to immigration to tell them to help me throw me out of the country. That's brothers for you. <laughs> but the Bible says this, do my prophets no harm. I forgave them. Let me tell you, it didn't go well for them after that. Immigration came to me, and after I sat and talked to them, they said, it's all right, you're fine. And they went on their way. But you see what I'm saying? If you do not have a vision, if you don't have a plan and you don't have a goal, whenever the enemy comes against you, you're going to capitulate. How many Christians capitulate on their walk with God? Because they get a little bit of opposition. Most. Why? Is because they're not prepared to stick it out and stay the course to receive the promise. It's all you have to do. God's done it all. Stick the course. Stay with what God said. And to do that, you have to have a plan. You have to know, this is the plan God put in my heart. I'm not going to wave. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So when everything fell apart for me, I said, God, what's the plan? He said, I have excommunicated, extricated those unbelievers from you. I'm going to deliver you. Okay. All right. That's part of the plan I wasn't expecting, but okay, we'll put it in the plan. And God did. Within three days, God delivered me from the problem because God had a plan. And I hadn't sought Him on the plan. I knew what my plan was, but I had never sought Him on His plan to find out exactly how I needed to walk. So whenever there was an opportunity to present Him, I just grabbed hold of it because I needed that comfort to make sure that I'm going to be taken care of. But the bottom line is God allowed that thing to fail so that I could once again suffer disappointment, disillusionment, press in, cry, weep, moan, groan, go back to Him and say, forgive me, what did I do wrong? God said, you put your trust in the arm of flesh. And cursed is the man who trusts in the arm of flesh. And when I, when I repented, forgiven instantly. God, what is your plan? God says, I have a plan. Wait for it, it's coming. The first day it came, there was a knock on my door. Opened the door, there was a box with everything in it we needed. And we didn't know anybody. We couldn't phone, text, email, social media, anybody what we needed. Everything was in the box. God said, now, here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to every day make your measure known to me. And I will meet your need according to your measure. Okay, all right. Now what does that mean, measure? Huh. It's like when you make a recipe for a cake. You have certain measurements of things, right? To make the cake work, otherwise it flops. <laughs> Every day, for a year, God sent a package to my front door. I don't know who, I tried to wait, lay and wait for the person to see who it was. Couldn't see it. Couldn't find it. It was early, late. Knock on the door. Open the package. Just the stuff. I even got bold and asked for brand name products. 
promise, no lie. Because God had a plan. I didn't realize his plan because I was so intent on trying to accomplish my plan. But once I got set my goal to do what he told me to do, my goal was to make my measure known. That was my goal every day. What is your goal? Why well, make my measure known? Well, is that all you got yet? right now for this season? Make my measure known. Make my measure known every day. Because that sustained my faith, kept me going, stopped me from losing hope. Okay. So I set goals. And then what I did, and this is what we need to do. When God speaks a word to you, it's great setting goals, it's great doing all that stuff. You have to imprint it in yourself. The word of the Lord needs to be written on your heart and on your mind that you can declare it and speak it at any moment. Because that's going to be the weapon for your victory. So I would go about, every time I had a word, I would declare the word to myself. God said that I would go to kings and rulers and leaders of nations. And that in a due time and due season, that will take place. God said that I would speak to kings. Anytime something happened, I would just declare it. I would speak it, speak it, speak it. And I would, people would get upset with me. You're not in a position to go to kings of nations. You can't even afford to pay attention. That doesn't matter. That is, that is something that we've dealt with. But do you know what? A year later, I was in the White House. Why? Because I held the word before me. And I imprinted it on my heart. And I spoke it through my mouth. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of the Lord. And I never let that word depart from me. I kept it before me. And I kept it before Him. And I spoke it all the time. This year, 2020... Perfect vision. This year, we're going to see the things we've been waiting to see. And it's not just about believing it. It's about speaking it. So then the final. I sat down with the Lord one day and God said to me, there's eight facets to your life that I want you to start affirming yourself in. Can you put that thing up? Now these are my affirmations built around the battles that I've been through. Don't ask me for them because I'm not going to give them to you. You have to develop your own. But I want to show you what... I've made a decision that I choose abundant, content, happy, a life, excellent health. I will not kill, damage, discourage myself, others directly, indirectly, no matter what. Life. So I chose... Why did I choose this? Is because my whole life, don't take pictures, that's mine. <laughs> don't shortcut, you have to actually go and work your own ones out. See why I spoke about life? Because to me, life was valueless. When I was a young boy, I was trained to hate, to malice, to be vindictive and vengeful, and to kill, and to do damage to people, because that's what the military trained me to do. So my whole body, mind, spirit, soul was programmed to take life. So the first facet that I have to affirm myself in through the word is that I have made the decision that I choose abundant, content, happy life, and excellent health. I will not kill, damage, or discourage myself or others, directly or indirectly, no matter what. That is an affirmation I declare myself every day. Now some days I have lapses. When people cut me off on the highway. But then I have to just get back and refer myself. Can we do the next one if possible? I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know prophetic word for 2020 is to go. But you're not going to go into it. You have to sort of prepare yourself to get ready to go into it. Feelings. Oh, this is, this is where we all get, this is where we all, all get hurt in our feelings. We all get our feelers hurt, right? I've made a decision that I feel all of my feelings and discharge them safely and completely. I am the master of my own emotions. So nobody from outside can affect my emotions or make me feel upset because I've been rejected. Because the bottom line is I suffered most of my life with rejection. And rejection works through your feelings. So I lose my marbles, get upset because the bottom line is I can't accomplish the word of God because everybody's rejecting me. People are coming against me. Blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. And, and the devil and the devil and the devil and the devil. 
Every Christian is blaming the devil. You have a dominion, power, and authority over the devil. But the problem is you need to grip hold of your feelings and bring them into check. You know what I mean? But like I said, this is my journey. You can't use these because these are mine. Don't write them down. <laughs> okay, next one. <laughs> next one. I'm just sharing with you my journey so that you can see there is a method into going into this next year. I have, oh, here's a big one. You know how many of us suffer with rejection and feel like we're not approved? I've made a decision that I need to see God's approval alone. You can just stop right there. To feel good about myself. I feel good because my worth, value, identity, importance, significance, self-esteem, self-image, well-being, present, past, appearances, knowing, or comparison to others. None of my, fear, none of my approval is in anything else but in God alone. It's not in how educated I am, how clever I am, how great I am, what perfume I wear, what, what handbag I carry with me, what shoes we wear, what designer clothes I wear. My approval is, comes from God alone. People, this was big for me because the enemy came against me most of my life so strong and I had no way of getting out of the battle until I started to affirm myself and speak these things to myself, which solidified my position in God. And now when the enemy roars, I just declare the word. Do you want to put the next one up? Are you guys okay with this? I don't mean to be rude. But as a prophet, I'm tired of speaking to people that have nothing happen. So I'm trying to give you a methodology of how to get there. Responsibility. Another big one. I've made a decision that I'm responsible for my own thoughts, feelings, and actions. I'm not responsible for or bothered by thoughts, feelings, expectations, opinions, or actions of others, real or perceived. People try to make you feel responsible for their bad judgment, their bad things. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm like this because of you. Shut up. You're like that because you chose to be like that. I didn't make you like that. I didn't have the power to, to do that to you. You chose. You made a choice. I'm responsible for my own actions and feelings. Not responsible for anybody else's. You offended me. Oh, well. Deal with it. It's not, I didn't do it. You did it. You allowed it. I'm just being real with you people. It's time for us to grow up. The diaper changing in the church needs to stop. We need to get off milk into meat. You know, we need to become strong. How are we going to overcome the world if, we, if we're weak? So that's good. That's the next one. Okay. Take a while. Give it a second. They did a good job back there, by the way. I gave them a whole thing. I normally don't give notes. <laughs> I started wondering. Was, Kingdom, the will of God. Is that important? Yes. I have made a decision that I am right thinking. Right? Peaceful, joyful, at one with God, and thankful for everything in my life. I refuse to regret the past, fear the future. I remain in the present now. You know how many Christians are living in the future? One day. Or how many, most Christians are living in the past. My mother, my father. Remember? No, no. Here it is. That I am right thinking. We've got to get rid of the stinking thinking. Stop holding other people responsible for our dysfunction. We have the ability to grab hold of our own psychology, our own life. Okay? At one with God. All right. Is it possible the next one? Joe, are you hindering them back there? Acceptance. Another big one, right? There's eight of these. These eight are what I call affirmations for a new beginning. I have made a decision that I fully accept my own and others' imperfections. So you can be imperfect. It's fine. I accept you as you are. Limited responsibility and ability to control others. 
not going to manipulate you, witchcraft you, dominate you, control you, tell you what they have to do. Mm-mm. Also accept that I am worthy of God's best. I'm His son. Successful, non-judgmental, non-competitive, moral, peaceful, loving, self-loving, trusting, empathetic, forgiving, forgiven, and whatever else comes beyond that. So what I'm saying to you is, you see, this cover all the morality points of a kingdom Christian lifestyle. Acceptable, I have healthy, well-established boundaries, and I am at peace with God and all people. Huh, boundaries. Yeah? Is it okay? Okay. All right. It's imperative that we affirm the Word of God in our lives and speak it into our lives on a continual basis. It's imperative to come into oneness with the mind of God because we are created like Him. We have His image. Is there another one? Relationships. Here we go. I get dramatic about this stuff. When I first did these, every time I did them, I wept. Because it was so, I was so broken in those areas. Because those are all the areas of damage that were in my life. I've made the decision that I'm close, vulnerable, and intimate with God, myself, and other appropriate people. I live with them in loving, trusting, open, honest, caring, playful, patient. Shandarabasan, grateful, <laughs> self-loving, forgiving, compassionate, engaged, mutually beneficial relationship. Non-enabling. So you can see all those components. I mean, that's fine. Non-fulfilled relationships. So that's the key. Why is that important? Bad company corrupts good morals. When you look at anybody that's got themselves sideways, it's someone or something in relationship to them came into their lives and turned them. It's imperative to know that not every relationship is good. Not every relationship is good. A lot of them will pull you off your path, will take you away from God's plan. So these are just some of the things, and I think there's one more if I can remember correctly. And I'm just sharing this with you because I want you to know, firstly, I love this congregation. I love these people. I love Pastor Harold and Mary Lou. I love everybody here. When I come here, I go to everybody that I know. I hug you, I love you, I tell you I love you, because you guys mean a lot to me. You guys have been a strength for me. You have been what I would call uh, an anchor to me. I know that when I come here, I don't have the combat I have when I go to other places because we are of like spirit. I go to many places where I'm not of like spirit, where there's something not right. But because I'm a prophet, God sends me to those places. So I don't seek relationship there because I know that there are things that aren't right there. But when I come here, this is my my love relationship base over here. This is where I, I get love and I get loved and I love people in return. This is a healing place for me. I want you to know that. I'm honest with you when I tell you that. So if you see me going around loving people and tell my love, it's because I do. I mean, you guys mean the world to me. The drive down here to me is the greatest joy for me. I, I look forward to seeing my family. You know, it's like I'm, we're connected. So here's the one, blessings. I made a decision I freely desire, deserve, receive, enjoy all love, grace, and blessings that God and others have for me. I love myself and refuse to feel guilt, shame, self-hatred, or any other form of condemnation. Those, those eight decisions, if you would sit down and you would work out your own eight decisions on your life pertaining to you, and you start affirming yourself in those things in the Word, you will have a transformation. Your heart will change, your mind will change, your purpose will change, your plan will change, your vision will change, your outcome will change. From the time that I've been doing these things, my whole life has turned and changed and gone in a different direction. Whereas before these, I was into performance, I was into finding where I could make the greatest impact and have the great benefit for my life. 
And then God one day confronted me and said to me, you're on the wrong path. And why? It's because I got hooked up with the wrong people that, that to me told me that Christianity has to be successful and economically successful and you have to dress a certain way and act a certain way to be received. That's not true. You come as you are. I don't dress up when I go anymore because the bottom line is I, I put clothes on because otherwise it wouldn't be good. But I don't go in spiffing clothing. I mean, a lot of guys I go minister at, they look like parakeets. All dressed up in bouffant hairstyles and $10,000 suits. Could never do that. It's just not me. But from the time when I started to work with these affirmations, started to work on my plan, started to work and set my goals, that are God's goals for me, started to pray them into existence, started to clear them, started to speak them to the Father, my visions became fulfilled. My dream became fulfilled. My purpose began. It took me 27 years. 27 years. Not because God delayed, because stupid over here delayed. See, I thought I could work God, you know. A lot of us think we can work God. We can manipulate Him. We can, you know what I mean? But you don't realize you cannot move God. You cannot manipulate Him. Uh, he will bring you to a place of repentance. You know, he'll take things away from you. He'll allow you to hit a wall. He'll allow people to turn against you. Because he loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be perverted and corrupted by culture. He wants you to be filled with the culture of the kingdom. He wants you to be empowered by his spirit. He wants you to be able to walk in the vision that he set before you, even from the foundation of the earth. See, you're not just a mistake. You're not a happenstance. Okay, you're a divinely appointed ambassador of grace filled with purpose if there's a prophetic word that you need to do today is what I just shared with you today is 2020 is going to be a clear vision believe me this next year I know by the spirit we're going to do prophetic conferences I know we're going to start impacting and empowering we're going, to start, we're going to start moving towards taking dominion in the city prophetically we're going to start changing the hearts and the lives of men. We're going to start breaking the powers that have held the saints captive. Okay, we're doing it, but we're going to do it at a much greater level. We're going to bring worship in that's going to blow the socks. Because listen, we're called to be worshippers. If you get offended at worship, you're probably not going to go to heaven. <laughs> because that's what's going to be in heaven. So get your earring aids. And your earplugs, whatever it is. But we're going to worship. Because let me tell you, God has something that He wants to do in this city. We have been laboring in this city for so many years. We have sown seed into so many. And so many have opted out of the plan of God and pursued something else because it's much more comfortable to go down there and sit and drink some hoity-toity garbage message. But once, stay in the process. So God can raise them up into being fluent in the things of the kingdom. It's easy to bail out and go somewhere else. It's fine. People do that all the time because they don't have the stickability. But the fact is, if you take the truth that I've spoken to you today and you apply it in your life and you start imprinting the word of God into your heart and your mind and soul, let me tell you, your days from here this day forth forever will be phenomenal. Will be phenomenal. You have the opportunity today to say yes, Lord. I'm not perfect. I'm in the process. I'm, the day I'm perfect, I think God will take me because it will be five minutes before I destroy it. So I'm not perfect. I still have human frailty. I still have some things I deal with from my history. But my heart is to serve Him. My heart is to tell you this, that God wants to do great things in San Angelo. Listen, Bethel is a city, Reading is a city the size of a postage stamp. And God moved there because men became passionate about the things of God and started engaged with God's plan. And they have a movement of God going on that's touching the world. 
Well, why not San Angelo? God's not an equal opportunity offender. He, he, he'll move anywhere where people want him. He'll go. So our heart here is to have, maybe not a Bethel, have a freedom. Where worship flows. Where people come and experience God, get delivered, set free, and get put on the right path. Get transformed, get renewed in their mind. Get vigor, life is restored to them. Get cancers broken. Get sickness and disease cut off their lives. Get economic poverty broken. Get, get all those things, perversion taken care of. Where men and women can once again come into God without being ashamed of their, their, their situation. This is what we want. We want to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the city. There's a revitalization program starting in the city soon. I think it's a prophetic picture of what's going to start here. Because it's going to start here and it's going to go down this road. Believe me, that's prophetic. Okay, the city is spending money on revitalizing this area and it starts right here. Okay? I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're spiritual, you have to understand there's something about that. And revitalization starting from this point. So they may be doing it physically, we're going to do it in the spirit. We're going to empower. This next year, we're going to start moving and empowering people to hearing God, to knowing His voice, to walking. We want to break the power of poverty over people's life. We want, at the moment, I don't even know what the tithing percentages are of the churches, but I know that most churches battle in there. People need to start sowing, because the reason is, as you sow, you reap. People need to be broken free from poverty. You know, I'd love to see people have multiple houses and be able to put people up and do things here. That have not been done. Break the power of crime over the city. The drug dealing. Break that. It's not going to happen by the police force. It's going to happen by men and women of God getting revelation where the drugs are coming from. Start praying and letting God uncover that, expose that rubbish. Because it's killing the children. We have a responsibility. God has put us in this region. So, I declare to you today. 2020 is going to be perfect vision. God's going to speak to you. He's going to clear up things for you. He's going to make it plain to you. And then it's up to you to get together with Him and put the plan together. Because He said, I know the plan I have for you, saith the Lord. You have to get the plan for Him. Plan for hope and a future. I want a future. I want to live in hope every day. I want to see the manifold presence of God pour itself out on America in the highways and byways. I want to see it in the Congress. I want to see it in the Senate. I want to see it in the judiciary. I want to see it in hospitals. I want to see the healthcare system in this country taken care of by the Spirit of God where people no longer get sick. Where the doctors, instead of being here in hospitals taking care of us, will go on the mission field and take care of the people who are really sick. We, it's all yeah. We have it. Every single one of you carries something. We are carriers of the kingdom. So Holy Spirit, I ask you today to activate us in 2020. Give us vision. If we have blind spots, please remove them from us, Lord. If there's anything that has captivated us and taken us away from your presence, please bring us back. I pray today that there'll be economic breakthrough in the house and that you'll do the thing that you promised you'd do from the beginning, that you would change the hearts of men and women and bring them into the knowledge of salvation and into the knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we go ahead and have our ministry team come to the front so we can uh, pray for people that need prayer this morning? Thank you for that awesome word, Ron. Thank you for that word. It's going to be up to you to take hold of it, though. It's going to be up to all of us to take hold of the word. Partner with the word. Believe the word. Trust the word. As our ministry team's coming, I always like to remind you that to sow into Ron's ministry, it's so easy to do. You can sow here at Freedom. You can sow on his website. You can partner with him on a monthly basis. 
Uh, if you want to, if you want to sow in, uh, a gift into Ron even today, just make sure you make the check to Freedom Fellowship, but in the memo, make it to Ron, and we'll make sure he gets that. Uh, it's it's a vital ministry, and I think 2020 is it's going to be sound the trumpet's going to it's going to explode. So would you stand, Father? I thank you for this day, for the word that it's given. Father, for those that have received a word and, and they've struggled with the word, may, maybe today they will just come in and re, uh, reattach themselves to that word, grab hold of that word again, and begin to believe again. Father, for that person that's here or persons today that are here that don't know you as the Lord and Savior, may they go into 2020 knowing you because they would give their life to you today. Father, for those that are just struggling with illness or with with uh, situations in their life that just need encouragement and prayer. May they be willing to step out and come. We pray this in Jesus' name.